And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Ooh, we're having a tremendous May. Um, so thank you guys to everyone who's listened to our anniversary episode uh, that we did last week, where we welcomed special guest Rick Shu of Batman on Film, our editor-in-chief of Revenge of the Fans, Mario Francisco Robles, as well as three of our listeners, Nathan Odinson, Philip Gouljar, and Davo Borrego. So thank you guys for tuning into the episode. It's It's been amazing. Um, and thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, it's been, uh, like I said, quite quite a month for us um, with record numbers. So, so thanks to everyone who's who's tuned in and and uh, who's ready for round two. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Thanks to everybody. Um, I mean, we, I know we say this a lot, but lately, but the, yeah, the show is growing, and and it's we're really thankful for that. Um, you know, we hashtag really, grateful. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's funny. Hashtag grateful gets all these auto responses. I know from people who <laughs> apparently have something to do with that. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, I when I, when I uh, tweeted out that we were grateful for all of our listeners, they like responded. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I've yeah, done, hashtag okay. grateful actually responded, which is yeah. okay. It's yeah, internet in twenty nineteen. I won't be using that hashtag again. No. Yeah. See what happens when I hashtag spiteful. Oh, yeah. That should be amazing. <laughs> Look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of the anniversary <laughs> show, one follow-up on that. So we, we did talk about it uh, last week, uh, the box office for this week. And was Avengers going to get dethroned? And, you know, was John Wick going to be able to do it? And uh, it did, obviously. It it did 57 million uh, opening weekend, which is almost double what John Wick 2, Chapter 2, did uh, in its opening weekend, which ironically enough was slightly more than double what the first John Wick did in its opening weekend. So uh, mm-hmm. those movies are on a very positive trajectory, box office-wise, and, and I guess John Wick Chapter 4 will then make $120 million based on yeah, based on man. the history uh, in its opening week. Um, so yeah, $57 million, uh, Avengers was just under thirty million, uh, which is kind of where we thought it would be, right? Probably mm-hmm. around this week, somewhere in that thirty. Yeah. Um, so Avengers passed Avatar for uh, you know on the domestic box office list, and is about a hundred and seventy-five million or so away uh, from the the Avatar's all-time record worldwide. Uh, so that's very much in play. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, I did see John Wick Chapter 3. And I will say that if you're a fan of the series, uh, obviously you're going to enjoy this. It is quite a ride. I did not love the way the ride ended. But it is quite a ride. Some of the action is amazing. Uh, The fight scenes are amazing. The martial arts in this, I think, is a big step up. Uh, The gun foo is really good. And dog foo. Uh, which is something that I never thought I would need in a movie. Oh boy! Uh, Where it, people throwing dogs at each other? No, it's just there's just sequence with it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> okay. uh, there yeah, some, this is I'm assuming this is like uh, Halle Berry's. Character. There are some badass German shepherds in this movie, <laughs> and uh, dog foo is now a thing, and uh, I didn't think I would need it in a movie in 2019, but I do, and it was amazing. So, but you know. I, Clearly, there there is going to be a John Wick Chapter Four, uh, which I I'm a little surprised by, although not by the box office based on that. But I guess this is a series that's just going to keep on going for a while. So, great, mm. why not? Um, I don't I don't know how I uh, how I feel about your comment saying, uh, "Oh, great." As no, great. Like, I meant great you, as in great. Like, let's keep them coming. I mean, part oh, okay, of me was okay. like, I kind of wanted this to end, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, why? <laughs> why does it have to end? Yeah. The movies are entertaining. They've expanded a lot on the mythos. And, you know, it's fascinating because, you know, you could watch, the, if you're somebody that just loves the first one, you could watch the first John Wick and just enjoy it for what it is, right? Just in a isolated movie, right? With a beginning, middle, and end. But if you're somebody that really is interested in the expansion of this universe, which is necessary if you're going to keep this as a franchise, 
um, they've really expanded quite a lot. And in this movie, especially, you get a lot of backstory. You get a lot more of an expansion of a lot of the things that were introduced in Chapter 2. So this is becoming a fully realized world now. Um, and uh, I say, you know, keep them coming. And for the people who just want to watch the first one, they can. And for those of us who keep wanting to watch these movies, um, they'll be around for a while, it seems. Mm. Yeah, I just bought the uh, they have like a two pack special on Apple uh, Apple movies. So I bought both the John Wick films. Um, You know, it's funny because I haven't run to see either of those films in the theater. I would like to see the third one, but it's not like top priority for me. Um, But I will say that, you know, it's got some some serious cojones for uh for stacking itself in in a crazy time uh throwing itself in the in the summer blockbuster um uh time period and it's paying off right um yeah. i don't remember exactly when the other movies were released but i doubt it was in the summer like, i almost feel like these were like winter films well the first um, one totally was a sleeper too that. so you got to you know remember that the first <clears> one was a movie that uh you know it, it didn't do huge numbers at the box office but it did well you know relative to its budget and expectations it mm-hmm. picked up a lot of momentum though as people started to see it yeah uh, you know well, later on and what's that yeah so john wick the first one was released in october okay so that's an off uh, period yeah john wick 2 was february okay uh and so now yeah it's pushed into into may yeah that's astounding yeah, and and it's holding its own now. You know these types of movies, you would expect maybe a a big second week, bigger second week drop than usual. But you never mm-hmm. know. If word of mouth is strong, uh, I mean, there's nothing really. I mean, Godzilla right in a, next week is the next big thing. Um, so you got a holiday weekend coming up. I mean, yeah, it, it it's, you know it's paying off. You got that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm hoping at some point I'll I'll say it, but uh, probably nine times. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just time. Time is. I get it. Time is. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Hard for me. Um, cool. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, so we've got this weekend. Uh, you said Godzilla drops. Um, that's on the thirty first. So not this coming Sorry, weekend, which is Memorial Day. So we've Day got weekend. Aladdin, the amazing Aladdin film with Will Smith. Oh, dropping. is that this weekend? That's this weekend. Oh, boy. That's so not on my radar. Yeah, I don't really... I think if it was on people's radar, it's probably to, like, avoid it. <clears throat> um, that's unfair. I shouldn't say that. Uh, yeah, I don't I think, think people sure are going to avoid it, necessarily, but I, it's no, just I not on my radar. No, I think families are going to be really into it, but it's just not... Yeah, it's just not in my thing. Like, a Lion King, I want to see that. That looks really good. And I was a big yes. fan of Aladdin. Um, I just, I'll be honest, it's Will Smith. Yeah, I know. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Not a fan of this guy. Uh, so yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll clean house this weekend. I'm sure it will push John Wick to number two. I would Um, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, it's also, um, you know, it's funny because we did talk about Detective Pikachu and Detective Pikachu took quite a hit. Uh, second, yes. second week, uh, tumbled quite quite a lot, and um, I, you know I think we'll end up with Aladdin number one, John Wick number two, and Avengers Endgame holding holding the number three spot. <clears throat> yeah, and you could even see Endgame you know bump and maybe not drop as much as you would think because of the holiday weekend. You know, right? Kids are home and stuff. Maybe people. Who I don't know how many people it. haven't seen it yet, but I know a couple who haven't. Maybe they'll finally go out and get a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, thirty almost $30 million on its, what, fourth weekend? Yeah. Fifth weekend? That's nothing to squawk at. So, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll see if it makes that you know additional $100, $100, uh, $100 million uh, bump and take Avatar's place, but we'll see. But it's nowhere near touching The Force Awakens. <laughs> no, it's 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 never going to... I mean, look, The Force Awakens, that... I, I don't know. I mean, literally, it was a force. Yeah. I, I mean, look, there's movies <laughs> that... You never know, obviously, but I, that, that one, I think, is going to stand for a long time. 
that record because if you you think about it, I mean, look at how hot Endgame came out of the gates, right? And it couldn't keep up the pace. I mean, even that movie eventually, you know, started to tell if it's going to do over eight hundred million domestic, mm-hmm. obviously, which is mm-hmm. you know nothing to sneeze at. It is only two movies that will have achieved that in their lifetime domestically. Uh, but the 950 million, that's man. I, I don't know. I mean, that's, it's insanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't mm-hmm. know if we're going to see anything break. If Endgame wasn't going to break it, I don't know what will at this point. Yeah. 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 Maybe avatar too. Uh, maybe, but I I mean, Avatar was more of an internet. I mean, it did really well here. Don't get me wrong, but that did a lot, an insane amount of money overseas. Yeah, I just I don't know if there's that much excitement uh, built into these next, however many movies, three or so. Uh, but they are now Disney properties, so who who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not an Avatar guy to be honest with you. Um, I think it's Dances with Wolves with Blue People. Um, I think it's Fern Gully. Well, there you go. I just, it's not my thing. I saw it. I I didn't love it. I like Sam Worthington, actually. Um, but I, I just wasn't crazy about it. I thought it was okay. I, now, granted, I didn't see it like in IMAX 3D and all this stuff, which is, I mm-hmm. guess, the way you were supposed to see it. But to me, a great movie should hold up no matter where you're watching it. Um, or how you're watching it. And I, I appreciate what it achieved, like, technically. But I still need to have a movie. <laughs> To really yeah. enjoy. So I'm not uh, excited I'm about you. Avatar sequels. I know people who love it, and that's fine. If you do, that's great. I just didn't. Um, I appreciate it, but I didn't love it. And I'm not pumped for more of that world. Yeah. Yeah. No, never mind. It's very predictable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think from a technical perspective, I mean, I think it's it's what's made a lot of the movies that we appreciate and love today you know like oh, thanos is, is thanos sure. is a result of, yeah. of what what uh avatar did so it's you know from that from that perspective yeah it's, it's a, it, you know it did wonders uh story-wise yeah i agree with you it's just a it's just news fest for me yeah. um but we're not here to talk about avatar no. we're here to talk about because that in does typical fashion <laughs> when we record a day or so later, some something seismic drops. Like we should remove maybe recording data Thursdays. Um, but uh, the Hollywood Reporter and then a couple of other trades dropped that uh, Robert Pattinson is apparently in the lead run for Batman. Yes. To play Bruce Wayne, Batman in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Yep. Uh, which... In typical fashion, set the fanboy world on fire. Uh, petitions have been started. Oh, Arguments are being had. Yes. People are losing their minds on the social media. and All shocking. Yeah. A seriously. Batman casting announcement happens. <clears throat> the internet breaks. Yeah. It's not even an announcement, really. It's technically still a no. rumor. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean the deal. The deal is not set. No, of course, but, with our yeah, luck, by the close. time you hear this, the deal might be set, <laughs> and it might not even be, be Robert Pattinson. But for now, we're recording this on Tuesday, the twenty-first. So bear with us. Um, this is still where we're at as we record this. Yeah. So, um, and then you know some speculative reports rolled out that you know villains would be the Penguin and yep. and Catwoman. That's still a big old fat question mark if that's even real. Uh, so, Chris, yeah, Robert Pattinson, yes. what do you think? So, for reasons that I will not get into on this podcast, I am probably way too familiar with Robert Pattinson. Uh, I have seen all the Twilight films, <laughs> and while they are, in fact, hot garbage, um, I... I am not I don't don't judge this guy by those movies. Okay? The acting in those movies is terrible. The writing is actually awful. The direction is uninspired. I blame the writing and the direction more on those movies, you know, why everyone's mailing in their performances in those movies and I do the actors because I've seen a lot of the actors in the Twilight movies be much better in much better films. So I I'm not going to sit there and write them off. Don't write him off because of that. The one thing I will say about Robert Pattinson is that he 
if you look at his career, you know, he very easily could have taken the safe route because of the success of Twilight and just taken on like romantic lead roles and just done that the rest of his career and probably done very well. But he hasn't. He's actually made some challenging films and he's made a lot of smaller films and he's done supporting roles in bigger films um, because he does actually care about his craft. If you've ever seen interviews with him and stuff like that, he he does care about it and he's not super proud of Twilight. I mean, he's proud of his bank account, I'm sure, because of Twilight. Um, so, you know, don't look at this as, oh, the Twilight guy. I actually think Robert Pattinson has a quiet intensity to him that will be good in this role, um, especially as Bruce Wayne. And what I like about this casting, if it turns out to be a thing, is the fact that I think it tells us a little bit about what Matt Reeves is thinking about doing with this, his version of the Batman, right? So I think that, well, clearly it's going to be a younger Batman, and I think because of Robert Pattinson being the type of actor that he is, I think it is going to go more in that crime noir detective mode rather than a big action film, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what I would want out of this because you know true detective batman especially set in like a year one environment which is my favorite kind of time period for batman uh that's the detective batman is the one element of batman that we really haven't gotten a lot of in these movies right even the nolan stuff as great as those movies are like we didn't really get a lot of like detective batman you know so I'm looking forward to that. And I, I actually think that, you know, like I said, that's the thing I'm most excited about. The fact that just the nature of the type of pe- types of people he's looking at for this role tells you more about where he's going with it. Um, so I'm, I'm, right. I have no problem with Robert Pattinson uh, playing this role. And, and here's the thing. You know, we in our episode uh, that we did on Batman with Rick Shue, I had made the statement that, you know, if Bruce Wayne walking down the street in a suit and tie looks like somebody you wouldn't want to mess with, like, why would he need to be Batman? Well, here's a guy in Robert Pattinson that, you know, him walking down the street, yeah, even if he bulks up a little bit for the role, him walking down the street is not a guy that it looks physically intimidating. So you would understand, right. well, why would this guy need to be Batman? Well, there you go. He needs to create that symbol of fear. Whereas a guy like Army Hammer, who we did spend a lot of time talking about, who's six foot five, you know, he fits the mold of like the type of guy that like, oh, I wouldn't mess with that guy. And you know, I don't know. Like if people were so pumped about Army Hammer, like, you know, this is the guy that made the Lone Ranger and the man from Uncle. And while I know he has some good movies on his resume, like you know, to me, it's like, so does Robert Pattinson. And if you're going to say, well, I don't want the Twilight guy to be Batman. Well, okay, but then do you want the Lone Ranger to be Batman? Right. So right. I, I think some of that outrage is more because people in their minds, you know, had this physical idea of what they wanted Batman to be. And, and Robert Pattinson isn't it. So we're kind of back to like the Michael Keaton argument all over again, 30 years later, ironically. Um, and that proved to be wrong. And I think this one would, too. Yeah, I'm. <clears throat> I'm with you. I uh, I'm cool with I'm cool with this. Um, I don't necessarily know if there's anyone in particular that I'd be like, no, this you know this role totally belongs to this person or whatever. But uh, you know, outside of the Twilight films, which I unfortunately had the uh, <clears throat> the misfortune of seeing all of them as well. Um, the only other film I remember him in his Harry Potter. Um, but I agree. I mean, I, I've learned my lesson because I was one of those fans when, uh, Christopher Nolan announced that Heath Ledger, the person who I remember from like a Knight's tale and a couple of other cheesy films, uh, had been cast as the Joker. I was like, no way, no way. Uh, and then, you know, you get your first image of him and I'm like, that's crazy. So I I um I appreciate now, you know the eye that these directors and casting directors have, um you know when selecting a particular actor for for a role, and I agree I think there's a <clears throat> there's certainly a quiet intensity in Robert Pattinson, uh, 
it's in the eyes, you know, to me. And I think that's more than enough uh, to convince me that he can pull off the Batman. I mean, I loved, I think Christian Bale was the perfect choice in my opinion, just because, you know, I had followed him in his career for ever. I mean, one of the earlier films that I can remember watching as a kid was uh, Empire of the Sun. Yeah. And well, um, he's a real kid <clears throat> in that movie. It's a great movie. Yes, it is. And, you know, the, to me, that, that, you know, that, that guy was always meant to be Batman. Like when, he, when they're like, oh, yeah, yeah Christian Bale's going to be Batman. I was like, that's perfect. You couldn't get any better than that. Um, but, you know, yeah, I trust, I trust in the direction of Matt Reeves. I think, um, you know, uh, Christian Bale is a great example of someone who was coming off of The Machinist who got himself down to like ridiculous – Wait, maybe it was like 98 pounds. Could be making that up. It was maybe something it was like, like that anyway. Something. Yeah, it might have been like yeah. 100. But either way, it was, yeah. He did a very unhealthy Tiny, you know. unhealthy couple of movies based on how he yeah. dropped weight and gained weight. And then like bulked up for, for Batman. So, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Robert Pattinson, for all intents and purposes, right now may not look like Batman. But, you know, you give him some time to train very much like Henry Cavill did for Superman. And uh, you know, and give him that superhero physique. Yeah, although I don't, I don't necessarily expect him to have that physique. No, 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 but but you know what I'm saying. Like he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to eat eat a lot. Like let's maybe we'll give him the bulk up a little. The the Logan diet, maybe. Okay. Um. Yeah. You know, lean, lean, but but you know, very. Yeah. He'll bulk up a little bit, but, you know, if it's a young Batman, he doesn't need to... Plus, it's Batman. I mean, he really doesn't need to be that bulky. Right. Batman has never really been that... Now, you know, people... I think a lot of people... Yeah, Frank Miller. Yeah, they get caught up in the Frank Miller Dark Knight, like this hulking version of Batman. That's not really Batman. And a young Batman, if you look at, like, Batman Year One and stuff like that, I mean, he's... No, he's lean. He's lean, Even the New 52, New 52 Batman. Yeah, yeah. is, Is lean... And, um, you know, he has to be agile and all of that stuff. And I think, yeah, I think to your point, a lot of people get kind of caught up in this, like, yeah, they have to look like these Greek gods. Uh, but that's not real. You know, um, Robert Downey Jr. is a great example, but, you know, he's wearing a suit, well, but that's still. Different, but yeah, um, he's wearing a suit. But like, I mean, look, you can look cool regardless. Like Ben Affleck looked great, right? As Batman, the costume, the whole thing. And he was a, you know, a bigger bulk. He was an older Batman, well, relatively right. anyway. Um, and he looks fantastic, but which is cool, but that doesn't mean you can't look cool in other ways, too. I mean, look, Michael cool. Keaton was not a big guy at all, and nor did he even bulk up for the role. But, you know, they put him in that suit, which I still love, and mm-hmm. uh, you believed it. So, yeah. you know. I mean, to your point before, I think the thing about size and <clears throat> and I'd say... You know, bulk means that he, if he doesn't need to get that big, then he's using his biggest muscle, which is his brain, right? And, and his gadgets, yeah, is is a big is a big thing, uh, because you know we really haven't gotten that the investigative Batman and and you know the one who's looking to uncover something versus just beat the bloody crap out of people. Um, so I'm you know I'm 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 on board for this. And I think I'm really, I'm really, really interested more so in the villains. Okay. Um, and if I'm being honest, if, if they're going to do the, the Catwoman penguin thing, I'm, I'm like, Ugh. let's, let's do somebody different. Let's do somebody that's a bit more, well, the cobble pot thing I get, you know, like the, the criminal mastermind kind of like yes. pulling the levers behind That's the way I, I, that I, I appreciate that yep. but like kind of been there done that I, I'd want to see something a little different something like there's a lot more villains well, that they can explore although we we that, haven't really if they do the penguin the way I hope they do where he is just you know Oswald Cobblepot he's a criminal mastermind who's maybe not necessarily the main villain, but or maybe in this one he is, but he's sort of, like you said, like in a kingpin role where he's just kind of pulling the strings and he kind of oversees all of this. And we haven't really been there and done that, right? Because that's not what the Penguin in Batman Returns was. 
Right. Nor was it Burgess Meredith's well, Penguin in the '66 well, show. What? What about the Joker, though? What about? Him? So, Heath Ledger's Joker. Now, like, yeah, he was all in the face, but he was manipulating things behind the scenes. Oh well, yeah. I mean, you've but that's that's. I thought you meant been there, done that with the Penguin, like in the sense of like, I, you know, I. I want. I'm hoping they create a Gotham City that's similar to the one that exists in like my favorite Batman books, which are all kind of set in the Year One line, which is Batman Year One, The Long Halloween, Dark Victory. Like those are my favorite Batman stories, where the Penguin is sort of just like that mob boss kind of, you know, mm-hmm, that's sort of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of overseeing things, and he's not necessarily like the main villain per se, but he's a, mm. a villain in the story. And he's he's a character that's there. I think that would be that's cool. And I think that that opens the door also for other villains to kind of pop in without it seeming gratuitous. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be like Batman Forever or Batman and Robin where you have multiple villains and they're like the main villains of that story. Um, right. You can include because Gotham City, yeah, Gotham City is a fully realized <laughs> world, right? If you really want it to be. And all of these bad guys, bad girls, whatever, can exist in that world without necessarily being the main villain, especially in a detective story. Um, And I think there's room for that, especially with as great as his rogues gallery is and as deep as Batman's rogues, the best rogues gallery in comics, as far as I'm concerned. um, You can go so many different directions with that. And I hope they do. And that's kind of what I'm excited about. So when they say it's Catwoman and the Penguin, I mean, again, it's rumor. We don't know the roles they're going to play because, again, Catwoman plays an interesting role in that kind of year one timeline, right? And I'm assuming, again, I shouldn't be assuming it's going to be set in the year one timeline. but, But if it's a younger Batman, it's close enough anyway. I mean, I, I, you know, he's, when you say younger, He's younger than Ben Affleck, but I, you know, I definitely don't think this is Ben Affleck's younger self. No, I don't think it is all. either. Yeah. And, but you know, Robert Pattinson is thirty-three-ish, so this is a Batman that's probably been Batman for like five years or three years. You know, I'm saying yeah, three or to maybe. Five years. I mean, we don't, you know, rough. I mean, we don't necessarily. This Batman yeah, we, might mean, not we, be thirty three. We, we, we don't he's thirty three. Yeah, but I think a year one would tread a little too close to the Batman Begins. Oh, I, yeah. When I say I, I guess what I mean by when I say like year one esque is where it's just Batman. There's no Robin, right? There's you know Harvey Dent is not Two Face yet. Like certain things like that, right? Where and and again, I don't know that any of that's going to be a thing, but a younger Batman, relatively younger Batman, the point is like Selena Kyle Catwoman plays a different role in the in that timeline, right? Where she's around, but she's not like the main villain necessarily. Right, so I right. do think that you can incorporate some of these characters into this movie or this a series of movies, whatever it's going to be. Um, without any of them necessarily being like, haha, we're the villain of this story type of thing. Right, I think there's room right. for a lot of different characters to be in this. Now, would you want them to go kind of like supernatural-ish with like, you know, Killer Croc or any of these other well, kind Killer of fantastical Croc was in, type characters? I mean, they did that already, right? I mean, I know it's we don't know yeah, how connected this is going to be, but he was in Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, I don't care. Uh, I don't think they will. Necessarily, um, but I, um, I, yeah, I again, I, I think you can make great stories that are. Look, I think there's one thing that Batman the animated series showed us, and that is you can make stories that are really personal and somewhat grounded, even with characters like Clayface. You know, if you mm-hmm. watch Clayface Part One and Two, which are two of my favorite That's episodes, awesome, oh, awesome it's amazing. Stuff right there. Yeah, and and it's personal, right? Like, there's some depth mm-hmm. to that story, and like you could pull that off if you want to. Even the stuff with Killer Croc in in Batman the Animated Series. So yeah, I mean, I think you could. I don't think they will, uh, but you never know. Right. You know, I mean, right. and I don't. It's it's supernatural, but at the same time, like I I hope that they don't lose sight of the fact that. 
yes, while we like a detective story and we would like it to be grounded somewhat, it's still these are still superheroes. Mm-hmm. And let's not completely look. Nolan already did the whole like really gritty, grounded thing, like you know. But let so let's get them hybrid. Like I still want this to be sort of like yeah. a comic book thing, and and you know it can be gritty and it can be you know kind of noir and all that stuff, but still be like a superhero comic book movie. So I'd, I'd kind of like that a little I, bit. Right. I mean, you know, I would argue that the I've like. Batman shredded slightly in that territory. I mean, you know, the Joker was a crime boss as well. And, but, you know, they, they introduced Killer Croc, who had an amazing face, but little skimpy arms. <laughs> Didn't really like the well, look on that. But, um, <clears throat> you know. Plus, Affleck's Batman didn't, I mean, he didn't have his own movie. Right, so his his right. world was sort of condensed to us anyway, because we kind of jumped in in the in the middle of his story. Uh, so we don't really get we didn't get a great, completely great idea of what Ben Affleck's Batman's world was really all about. Right, um, right. You know, you just kind of got bits and pieces because it wasn't his story necessarily that we were watching. Uh, he right. was a part of a bigger story. Um, so yeah, so it's hard to say with that, but yeah, I think had that Batman gotten its own movie, I think you're right. I think it would have been exactly that. It would have been that hybrid of like mm-hmm. grit and kind of somewhat violence with, you know, being comic booky and and in, incorporating some of those supernatural elements into the right. whole thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so I mean, we're interested. I mean, it comes out in in uh, 2021. Which, while that seems super far away, uh, will probably come a lot faster than we anticipate. Um, but before we even think about the movie being released, like let's let's get the casting down and and see how how uh, how much further fandom continues to eat itself alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it was expected, right? I mean, we figured yeah. this was going to happen. It, it amazes me how predictable <clears throat> things have become, though, now. Of course. You know, it's almost boring. Like, if I mean, you're one of G- these people who's going to get all fired up over this stuff, like, it's almost boring now to, to think about it. And, um, you know, yeah. change.org probably already had a petition waiting to, ready to yeah, go. Yeah, sure they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't pay much mind to that, to be honest with you. I think at this point... You know, you and I are like a part of this community, right? And we know a lot of people who are as well. I mean, do you know anybody that signed any of these petitions ever? No. No, neither no. do I. Not in my outside world, not in this world that we exist in well, here. I'm, like, I don't know anyone who ever... So who are these people that are really... some? When people yeah. talk about toxic fandom, like, who are these people exactly? I mean, look... I'm not even gonna lie. I know some some people who were very very um, um, vocal about their hate or distaste for the Last Jedi. Of course, um, but they didn't take it to that extreme. Where right. Like, I'm gonna sign a petition. I'm sure. gonna, and I, you know, I don't. I'm know. gonna boycott or I'm gonna whatever. No, they just didn't like it. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I don't know where these people come from. And, and to be honest, if I knew any of them, I, I wouldn't talk to them anyways because it's right. just childish. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it, it makes me wonder, to your point, where, where do these people come from and yeah. where are they? I think Gosh. it's a lot of a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in because, you know, in this like the Twitter world, especially um, it seems bigger than it is. You know, because I, I just sometimes when you right. step back and like you look like I know people that I talk to, you know, that want, go to movies. They love movies, but they're not as like intimately like attached to it, say, as maybe we are because we do this podcast or, you know, and we're on Twitter talking about it. They're just people who love movies and go to movies and they have opinion. They love some. They don't like some, whatever. Uh, there's a lot more of them than there are of like even us. Right. Right. And there's a lot more of us than there are of these people that we call toxic fandom that are online trolls that we don't even know who they are. 
You know, they, mean, it's like a, it's become almost like a game to them, right? Yeah. Like we don't know who they are. Are they real? Are they really the people they claim to be? So I think a lot of that toxicity comes from um, people who start fires anonymously and get people riled up, and then unfortunately we all get caught up in the conversation, and then it sort of yeah. catches, you know. It, it was it's funny. I was listening to. Uh... To the video vlog of uh, our friends from Batman on film, Rick Shue and uh, Bill Jet Ramey. And Bill was saying the same thing like, who, you know, who are these people? He's like, these are the folks that like have, you know, maybe 20 or so followers on Twitter. They've got some sort of like anime avatar cart, you know, they're like this anonymous uh, face. And they're over here just like sowing dissent and, and yeah. discourse, yeah. you know, among fandom. And, you know, people are, are getting, you know, caught up in it. I don't, you know, I don't know who they are. I don't really right. care who they are. I just think, I think they're entirely foolish. I've seen people with a lot of follow, well, it, relatively a lot of followers, like retweeting or quote tweeting. Um, you know, some, like you just said, somebody with like 20 followers who just takes, you know, puts out a take just to get attention. And like, I'm thinking to myself, like, what are you doing? Right. You know, like, why are you even bothering? Like, who cares? Let this person just continue to be anonymous. Like, instead, you're like, you have like a thousand followers and you're you're quote tweeting this guy. So now you've given validity to their opinion and it's starting a bigger conversation now that it, it, it didn't even need to do that. So mm-hmm. it just that stuff just drives me nuts. So we all need to be a little bit more responsible, I think, uh, when it comes to not fanning the flames that are inevitable when things like this happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, I haven't, you know, for this, uh, this whole casting thing, I've just left it. I don't even care to comment. Yeah, on. Yeah, I have too. Um, I mean, I haven't said anything until now because I knew I was going to talk about it here. Um, and I was kind of waiting to see if anything more official would come out, but since it hasn't yet, you know, we do have a show we have to do, so we have to talk about it. Um, especially with my history with Robert Pattinson. Uh, I couldn't mm. wait to talk about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just don't, you know, I, I'm not a hot takes guy. Uh, and yeah. I, I just don't really want to, you know, I like to talk about movies and I like to talk about stuff like that, but, you know, I just I I think that fandom would be a lot less toxic if we stopped lending, you know, credence to the people that are just looking for that attention. Right. Right. Yep. Totally agree. So, um, <laughs> to give them some more <laughs> fuel, uh, <laughs> people lost their minds over a show. Right. That just concluded on HBO. Another big show. Small little thing, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if anyone's really watched it or heard of it, but it's called Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, again, people lost... I mean, petitions have been started to... People love petitions. Re- love petitions. To, well, yeah. They well, become way too to, easy now. To redo the entire season. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, the the audacity of um anyone who either well we know that the creator is probably some bot in russia of course um but uh anyone that signed it is a damn fool uh what i what i said to somebody was it's like going to a museum and looking at a piece of artwork and then going to the artist's house and asking for your money back because you didn't like what they painted right it's like no it's subjective. Like, I get it. I get yeah. that you're involved in this, but like, yeah, they don't owe you anything. No. <laughs> um, but suffice it to say, uh, Game of Thrones, which has been going on for many, many years, <clears throat> eight seasons, uh, concluded. Chris, you know, I don't watch the show. I've got lots to say about it, though, as a book reader. But what did you think? So... About the finale specifically or this final season in general? Both. 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 Okay. So the finale, it's, so I, I said last week that I was not one of those people that disliked this season. Uh, I, do I think it's the best season of Game of Thrones ever? No. 
Uh, I just didn't think it was as bad as a lot of people thought. Now, having said that, I didn't love this final episode. Uh, and I didn't love it for a few reasons, and not because of the way it ended. I thought the ending itself actually was fine. Um, I, I didn't love it because I thought it was rushed. And I thought that this was the first episode this season where I really was like, man, you know what? This should have been 10 episodes this season. Because mm-hmm. they, they just, com- they, they, a lot of things happened. And then in this finale, a lot of things just happened. And they happened very quickly. And they needed more time. Things needed more time to be fleshed out. And in the last couple of episodes, I think this this season really suffered from not having enough episodes. And and that's why I mentioned the whole Benioff and Weiss thing last week when we were talking about them doing a Star Wars film. And I was like, you know, it's scary. These last two seasons of this show, which has been completely off book, right? So after about season five or in season five, they started to do things that were different from the books, like where they would change certain things or start to incorporate some original things. But they were still they were still following the books. But these last two seasons were completely off book because they, they just isn't a book <laughs> to actually feed off of at this point. And it's been the weaker, two of the weaker seasons, I think. And they were also the shortest seasons. And that, they said it was for budgetary reasons. I don't believe that. Because the whole thing was, well, there's going to be a lot of battles, so we need to save budget, you know, room in the budget to put all the money into those battles. Well, there weren't as many, there were just as many battles in this last season as there have been in other seasons. Um, I think it was just because they... They didn't have the books to rely on, and they needed to come up with their own material, and they just didn't have it. Mm. So I, I worry a little bit about the quality of these of Benioff and Weiss and their ability to carry something on their own now, um, because I definitely think they showed some weaknesses as writers and 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 as directors in the case of this episode, this final episode, because they wrote it and directed it. So mm. I, I worry just a little bit from a Star Wars perspective about that, but. For Game of Thrones itself, I do think things were rushed, in especially in this final episode. Things weren't fleshed out as much as they could have been and should have been. Uh, I think it would have helped raise the stakes. The very end is the thing that I had the least problem with uh, of all the things in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely don't think it's you know worthy of outrage. This is still one of the all-time great shows. Maybe one of maybe the best show. I mean, if you look at the scope of this show. Right. Uh, it pretty amazing achievement. Yeah, I mean, I saw some clips visually and uh, some visual clips rather, yeah. and it looked amazing. Yes, like cinema type. Yep, images. There's a theatrical CGI scope to each one of these yeah. episodes in in this show. That's that's pretty spectacular. <clears throat> that nothing we've seen on television, I think, and ever. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the dragons look amazing. Yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, for a film that had millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in its production uh, for The Hobbit, um, you bringing, you know, um, smog uh, to life. Um, you know, these these dragons look better than that. Yes. Um, in my opinion. So, you know, <clears throat> it really shows the sort of quality that, that HBO was pouring into the produ- production of the show. Um. You know, from, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a book reader. Stop watching. I'm actually going back and starting to watch from season one. Um, so, you know, I get the sense after hearing some of people's critiques of the, the ending that this probably could have gone on for another two seasons. Um, to kind of properly lay things out or maybe at least a season. Well- or like not, that. or they just could have added like four or so episodes to each of these final two seasons, like and matched, you know, the rest of the seasons, and right. uh, and just that alone, I think, would have been enough. Yeah. So I mean, is is that them, or is was that HBO? I mean, they saying... said that they wanted to. Each episode was going to be so big. That they only, you know, the bud for budget wise, they they only wanted to do like six, but they weren't that big. I mean, yeah, there are a couple, but I mean, again, there have been plenty of seasons where there were multiple battles <laughs> in the seasons, and they still did ten episodes. 
Um, and even with the extra length, I mean, they added, you know, so the first two episodes of this season were an hour long and then the last four were an hour and like 20 minutes. So, you know, they added an extra 20 minutes to the each of the last four episodes. But even with that, um, yeah, it's still, they, they still could have used a little bit more time. Um, but, but again, there's nothing to be outraged about. You know, there, look, I lived through the lost finale. Which nothing has ever infuriated me more than that, ever. Mm. If there was ever a petition that was going to be signed, <laughs> that would have been the one that mm. I signed. Uh, I don't know what I would have signed it for or what it, the petition would have been about, but just I needed to sign something just for my own like sanity. I'm giving up cable. After my loss, after the this. lost finale. Um, that was frustrating. The Sopranos finale, obviously, famously frustrating. Um, yeah. Although I, I, I say that that was still... Here's my hot take. That's one of the most overrated shows in the history of television. What? Yes. Damn, man. Anyway. I don't think it was about a, that don't one. think it was a bad show. I just think it's one of the more overrated shows because I think the last couple of seasons there, because David Chase clearly stopped caring and didn't want to do it yeah. anymore. And I think he was mailing yeah. it in. But anyway. Uh that's neither here nor there. We'll do a, Sop- a Sopranos episode one day. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe. But uh um, Yeah, well we'll put that on the shelf with our soundtrack one. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I don't think it was that frustrating and that infuriating. Um, and I think it was a a hell of a ride to get there. So I, I, I am just happy that this show exists. Uh, I'm happy that it exists in the way it did. And again, the very end is something that I don't, I don't really have a problem with the way a lot of these characters stories ended. I just felt like getting there could have been a little bit more so that we felt it a little bit more. Because there were things that that I was trying, I was talking to a couple of people today about it, and they missed certain things, like with the way some of the characters' endings were, and like that shouldn't have happened. Like right. you shouldn't have completely missed the point of why, how certain characters ended up. It that should have been very easy, very easily spelled out. And I think one of the reasons why was because they just didn't give it anything enough time. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, so. Given some of the reaction from fans regarding the finale and this season at large, do you think it impacts the sort of prequel sequel thing that they've got going on? Hell no. If you look at the numbers of people, I mean, there was they said I think this season was averaging over eighteen million viewers an episode on HBO. Wow. Think about wow. that for a second. That's on HBO. And I, so, no, I don't think it matters at all. And, and again, I don't think that, you know, sometimes outrage can be mistaken, right? So people were outraged or upset or talking about this because they cared about it. Mm. And they cared about these characters, um, which is different from, say, the outrage you get, like, when, like, a casting thing happens, like with Robert Pattinson. That's different. That's just outrage for the sake of outrage. But the people being upset about the game, it's because they really cared about these characters and they're not happy with the way things ended necessarily. That's a passion that I think will carry over. So I don't think that the fact that you, you're able to create a passionate fan base that grew significantly... Uh, over the years, I think they said the first season averaged like two million viewers, which is still pretty great right. for HBO. But I mean, to go from two to eighteen, it's pretty pretty good accomplishment. And so, yeah, so I just think that uh, I I don't think it affects it at all. Um, I don't know personally if I'm ready right now for prequels or for more of this world of Westeros. Um, I think I need a little bit of a break. But but that's not because I, I don't want them. It's just because I I'm tired. We've you know this was a a long ride and and a great ride. Um, and I, it's not like it's gonna the prequel's gonna start tomorrow or the spinoffs are gonna start tomorrow. But um, yeah, no, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I don't think it'll affect it at all. Money talks and popularity talks and you know I think we overrate sometimes. Um, fan frustration especially in today's era because when everything is outrage after a while it's the you know the boy who cries wolf you know people just stop taking you seriously because you're just everything is outrage so nothing stands out 
that's a big part yep. of why outrage culture just doesn't make sense anymore. Well, it's just like <clears throat> screaming children. Yeah. For nothing. At some some point, you're gonna have to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are just gonna ignore you. So it right. doesn't matter. So there's no point. Yeah. You can you know throw your tantrum. If everything and, makes you outrage and every you want to take <clears throat> a stand against everything, then how are we supposed to know what really matters? You yeah. Know? Speaking yeah. though, of... I mean, I'm in, I'm interested in, in the prequel, but you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna finish this first. <laughs> one thing that I so. yeah, well, you need to start the now. But one thing that I uh, I did watch this weekend uh, that I'm not outraged about, uh, and I know you watched it as well because uh, we briefly talked about oh, it over the weekend. Are we is, talking about this? We are. I watched Cobra Kai season two, the whole thing, the whole thing. And when if oh, I when I tell you that this might be the best damn television show going today, I am not exaggerating. This yeah. show, if you're not watching, I've spent the entire week trying to recommend this show to everybody that would listen to me. This show is so good. I care deeply about each and every one of these characters in this show. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if I wasn't emotionally broken enough already... <laughs> the last couple of months from entertainment. I mean, man, if that last episode didn't do some things to, or the last, actually a few moments in this season did, did that to me again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, this Cobra Kai is a great show. I cannot wait for season three. Uh, that is going to be my most anticipated show of next year, whenever it's going to come out. Um, so we, yeah, so we talked. I didn't want to get too much into it while we were hanging out over the weekend, right? Because uh, I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Um, when we, my wife and I, um, when we first started watching it, I was like, "Yeah, okay, this is good." It took a little bit for me to fall back in love with it. To be honest with you, um, because it was a little, it was a little too much. It was a little like soft for me and a little corny. And, you know, then you kind of, forget, you know, you had to fall back into the world and remember who these characters were and why you actually give a damn. And um, <clears throat> once Carice gets going, um, I loved every bit of that. I loved the Carice-Johnny dynamic. Johnny's character just continues to surprise the hell out of me. Um, you know... It's kind of funny because while this is set in the world of Karate Kid, um, this is really Johnny's. This is Johnny's story. Yes. You know, this is this is about it is about Cobra Kai, and it's about what Cobra Kai um, means to other people and folks living in the past, reconciling with things that have happened. And there's so much to love and so much. Um, it it really plays with your with your um, emotions because in one breath you're like, you know, you grew up watching Karate Kid, so you know that Daniel Larusso is the good guy, but then you're like, he's a dick. <laughs> I really don't like this guy anymore. Right. Like I'm totally rooting for the kids from Cobra Kai, but then like Miyagi Do comes in, and you're like, yeah, I want this to succeed, but then Cobra Kai is just totally badass. And then Crease is running Cobra Kai, and yeah, the bad so guys just... again, and. It's so But the um, stuff with Tommy and Bobby Yes. That That's some good stuff. Oh right? my god. Please. The show must go on playing. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. if that doesn't get you. That's some good stuff. That really was. Like that's that moment and, where you're like, wow, this is like a this is a real thing. Like this show is a real yeah. thing. There is real it, emotion. It kind of comes out of nowhere, though. Yes, it does. That whole thing, because he's like, "I gotta go." Right. Um, and then you know you get hit with those cameos. Yes. And, um, the, you know, there's that line where you know he he Johnny says, "Yeah, I'm bringing back Cobra Kai," and Crease is back, and they're all like, "Dude, what?" Yeah. You know, like yeah. they had like, oh, you know, this was this was also an equally bad time for all of us. Right. And then yet when when the shit hits the fan, they're all like they throw down. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It was great yeah. to see, you know, all these guys kind of do their thing. And um, 
but in a meaningful way, like <clears throat> mm-hmm. they're not goofy. Yeah, cameos. not just for shits and giggles. Yeah, and and there's meaning behind it. Obviously, that plays into the the theme of the season, mm-hmm. you know, and the story and Johnny's arc. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, I think I might have mentioned this when we were over the weekend. Uh, when that finale uh, happened, like Jess and I at the edge of our seats the whole time. And then it happened, you know, I'm not even going to spoil it for folks who haven't seen it, but what hap- when what happens happens, like she legit screamed. Like, she caught me by the surprise because she like straight up screamed and then started crying. And I looked at her and I was like, wow, we've come full circle because in the beginning she was like, no, nah, I don't really, you know, this isn't really as good as the first season, blah, blah, blah. And then she like progressively got into it. And then by the end of it, tears streaming down her face. <laughs> <laughs> then then it's like it's over. And she's like, wait a second. When when is the next yes. episode coming back? I need to find out what's happening. I, like, I, what, yes. is, what does that mean? And I was just like, babe, we got to wait. <laughs> Yeah. Like we gotta wait. Hopefully and not she's long. Like, I can't yes. I can't take it. You know, like what what does this mean? And blah 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 and and the text message that came through on his phone and I was like, Yeah, that's all some really, really good stuff. And and, and there's I, a confidence there. So just like you assume that when season one ended the way it ended with Crease showing up, you assume mm-hmm. that they were confident that season two was gonna happen. You have to assume that they're very confident that there's going to be a season three. To, there's oh, it's already multiple, signed, it's already, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's multiple, up multiple it. cliffhangers. Yeah, in these yeah. final episodes, totally. Yeah, and a lot I didn't of read stuff that a particular character who sends that text message, yes, at the end is coming back and or is coming. I'm very excited about that. That I'm so I'm like you haven't done anything though in your career, so let's like who cares? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, let's let's go. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that, and you know, and the, the other thing too is, um, you know, uh, what's his name, Robbie? Yes. Um, like totally absent uh, towards the like last, I guess, ten minutes of the show. So. You know, there's all of that, and yeah. Um, well, again, there's a lot to there's a lot yeah, of stuff that has totally, to get resolved. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. There's a it's really really good. We we we. I mean, I I'll say this: like, uh, if you haven't um, seen Cobra Kai or you've been sort of downplaying the show, shame on you. Spend well, and I get it. It's it's not the easiest thing in the world to find because I don't not me not a lot of people have YouTube premium, what used to be called YouTube Red. Um but if you if anybody has YouTube TV, uh you may not know this, but with that comes a free subscription to YouTube premium. So you could actually watch Cobra Kai right through your YouTube TV and add it to your library if you want to. So just in case anybody out there has YouTube TV and doesn't know that you get access to this show with that subscription and you can add it right into your library and watch it with your DVR shows and your on-demand shows, do that. If not, mm-hmm. it's worth signing up for a free trial uh, just to binge this. And watch it, and then decide if it's worth paying for for season three, which I can tell you it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. It really it's is so good. It, it really. Oh really my is. god! And 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 speaking of things that are kind of kickbacks to the eighties, um, one thing that I'm really excited about is finally. Um, I didn't know when this was going to come. I actually thought it was like a bait and switch that it was actually never going to happen, but. Netflix just released a slew of images from a Dark Crystal prequel called The Age of Resistance, uh, which takes place, I guess, many, many years before the events of the Dark Crystal. It'll be on Netflix, comes out in August. I'm stoked about it. This is a big, this is a big, big, big film for me. So having to, or being able to revisit this world and all of the animatronics and the puppetry that it's going into you know recreating it feels very original to uh the, the the film i'm excited about it so i can't say anything other than that because i don't know <laughs> much more there was a trailer that was released maybe a year and a half ago 
um, that had some early footage uh, from the from the show or from the movie. I guess it'll be a movie. Um, but uh, yeah, Louis Leter, um, who directed The Incredible Hulk and Clash of the Titans, is uh, is directing this. So I'm excited. It's not uh, doesn't give you a huge amount of confidence. <laughs> But. I know, I know, but, you know, and I don't, I, you know, I tweeted at uh, Frank Oz, hope it, hopeful, hoping he gets back to me. I'm like, are you involved in this at all? Um, he, Although he I did mean, direct the first two Transporter movies, which I'm a big fan of. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, good point. So um, I'm just excited to go back to that, to that world. It looks, looks really cool. So... Um, God, what else? What else is there? Anything else? I think that's, well, it's about it for the most part. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a whole I... bunch. Oh, the, okay. Well, one other thing, um, <clears throat> which I was excited about. And it's, we're getting more and more information about Disney Plus. Oh, yes. And yeah, this, this one we need to talk, talk about. Um, and some of the shows that'll be coming out. So, so we know that there's going to be, you know, a lot of star Wars stuff and we're going to have this Scarlet witch and vision show. We'll have a Loki show and we'll also have a, um, <clears throat> a Falcon and winter soldier show, which I'm all for. Uh, but what was released today, or at least I guess some, somebody broke this, I forgot who it was. Um, Two other characters are popping up in sort of six series, like little six six mini series. And this Sharon Carter is coming back, and they're gonna do. And Baron Zemo is coming back, which I'm so stoked for because I think he was, you you know, I don't think he gets enough credit um, as being one of the you know better villains in the MCU. So to have him kind of return is exciting but then most importantly uh, sharon carter who if you didn't watch the agent carter show on abc you really missed a gem yep um so excited to see what they do with that and also excited to see what that actually means um for the uh, sort of events that happen after endgame right if yeah. anything i mean he's so kind of thrown out a he meaning Anthony Mackie has thrown out some stuff that kind of says that you know we're going to see the beginnings of him becoming Captain America um but I don't know I don't know how much of that is going to factor into this show you would think it would have to right yeah I mean um I said it after seeing Endgame that maybe this wasn't necessarily going to be a um, a Falcon Winter Soldier show, but more of a sort of Bucky and Cap show, but with Cap being, you know, Sam. Right. So. I mean, they're calling it Falcon and Winter Soldier, obviously, which which is fine. I mean, he he still is Falcon for now, right? He's he's not mm-hmm. automatically going to be. Captain America, but maybe this begins that transition. Um, you would think you'd have to get to that point eventually, or else that whole moment in Endgame doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether they're going to build it up so that in the movies we see him, uh, or maybe they're going to just build to it for Disney Plus, I don't know. I don't know what the plans are for the Captain America brand going forward. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I hope that at some point, this—that's what this series winds up being about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They probably didn't want to call it Captain America or anything because then it gets confusing, especially right. since you know people still hadn't seen Endgame maybe yet or whatever. But, right. Yeah. Eh, we'll see. I mean, either way. I'm excited for anything that's on the sort of Disney Plus streaming service at the moment because I just think it's going to we, – we're like in the age of evolution for streaming, I think. I think, you know, it's going to do something 
really cool and exciting for uh, for the industry and um, with all this original content that I think people are going to be really excited for and, and wanting to check out. I'm, I'm looking forward to it myself. Yeah. I'm always looking forward to a great <clears throat> streaming service that provides mm-hmm. original content especially. Spend some more money. Sure. Well, if you're Disney, why not? Yeah. They got a couple Seriously. of bucks to spend, so might as well yeah. might as well spend yeah. it. And at least they are. I mean, you know, they're they're not uh they're de- they're delivering as far as the Marvel, well, even in the Star Wars stuff. I mean, there doesn't seem like they're going cheap on any of that stuff, so sweet. Mhm. Cool. Yeah. Um all right, well, that's all I got. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it for now. I mean, we're going to hope that we'll see how things develop. Again, by the time you hear this, uh, something may be official with Batman or maybe not. Maybe we'll still be speculating about it. But um, (laughs) I guess that's the big thing right now is everybody's just kind of waiting around to see what's really going on with the Batman casting. And uh, and that's probably going to be the big thing for a little while. Right? I mean, you know. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, either way. Keep it locked at the Fanboy Garage. We'll be sure to cover it if, if and when it does drop. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the meantime, let's uh, let's get ready to close the door. Sure. So let's do some plugs. All right. So the fanboygarage.com, that's the place you could go to listen to the current episode, listen to the future. The future. You can't listen to the future episodes. That'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> you can listen to the past episodes. Uh, buy particles. Some, yeah. Buy some merch from our merch store. We got some cool T-shirts there. And, uh, you know, send us an email directly through the site if you don't uh, like to talk on the Twitter. Uh, if you do like to talk on the Twitter, of course, you can always join the conversation by tweeting us at the Fanboy Garage and by tweeting me at RealCLMighty. And you can tweet me at Starting Sith. Don't forget to follow our Instagram page at the Fanboy Garage on Instagram. And uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks as always for listening and tuning in, but we close the door. We out of here.